podcast has bad words. <laughs> Hello, Patreon. Yes. What up, y'all? We're here with Jamie Kilstein. Now, Jamie, before we, we dive into the surprise questions today, and we've got a bunch of them, um, and we might we might agree to disagree about a few things today, um, or we might just agree on everything, or <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Um, we might just argue a lot, um, but we'll do. So <laughs> what if this episode is the end of our friendship? <laughs> I brought my switchblade. Yeah, yeah great, great. <laughs> tune into Patreon. There's now only one minimalist. Find out who. <laughs> You'll never guess. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never guess which minimalist was stabbed to death. Uh, we start making like rival videos against each other. Like, <laughs> oh, that would be so great. One of you is just buying a ton of shit that you don't <laughs> <Ryan>. need. <laughs> oh man. Or or no, like we're, we're I'm saying like Ryan just bought. A Ferrari and like making videos. Yeah, yeah, those are like your dunk videos. <laughs> uh, yes. We were just talking about this during the break, like um, how people like Sam Cedar, David Pakman, who are political commentators. The one thing I dislike, uh, whom whom I really like, uh, there, there are two guys who are on the left, but then you have guys on the on the right, like Dave Rubin or, or other people. Although Dave Rubin argues that he's on the left, which actually on my very... podcast, he finally was like, I'm more conservative now. And I was okay. like, I think that's all people wanted to hear. <laughs> okay, good, good. Well, um, but the thing I dislike is sometimes they're just mean to each other and yeah. it doesn't seem very helpful to be mean. One of, one of the podcasts recently, one of my, my uh, minimal maxims was uh, the best kind of person is a kind person right. or, or a kind person is the best kind of person. And, and I just don't like, I get it. I get why they do it. They get clicks mm -hmm. and it's, it's and remember, it's not just clicks. It is, like it's not just clicks on a website. Mm -hmm. It's not just looking at podcast numbers. It is other human beings on social media yeah. with little avatars of their faces mm -hmm. and biographies that tell you who they are saying things like, thank you for fighting for me or for sticking up. I mean, it feels like you are leading this charge when mm. in reality, it's like you're a step up from a YouTube commenter. Yeah, yeah and, and when I say clicks, I mean, I kind of mean that as a synecdoche of like, of this continuous impulse, right? Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. To, or this 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 barrage of of the wrong data? type of yeah, or like the wrong type of affirmations, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, what would that even be then? The affirmation, like yeah, something. I, I think you were right with clicks. I, I I definitely wasn't disagreeing. I was just. For me, it was even more personal than that. Right. It was like clicks times a hundred. It was clicks plus. It was other human. It, it was when I felt in my real life that I didn't have friends. I had an army of people telling me that I was great mm. online because I was attacking somebody else. But then eventually, the the um, partisan politics, and this is true in any dogma, by the yep. way. They begin to eat their own. They will turn on you in a oh, fucking yeah. heartbeat. So let's yeah. talk about that. What happened with you exactly? Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, what happened to me was I was that very loud, self-righteous person on Twitter. And my marriage was falling apart. And we tried to do an open relationship, which was not my idea and uh, a bit of a disaster. I kind of turned into the cliche comedian that started sleeping around after gigs. Um, a couple, th this one girl that I had, a re I'm also like, I'm terrible at one night stands. Mm. Like I am, this is the Patreon, <laughs> this is the Patreon episode. That's, I'm the same way, up. dude. Yeah. Like I, the, like when I was, you know, 25, I loved 
the idea of one night yeah. stands, but like actually in one night stands, I was the same way. Dude. No, like, but, totally but, but I, I like because I, I would go one of two ways. I would either be like, oh my god, I've made a terrible mistake. All I want to do is like watch YouTube videos and be mm-hmm. by myself. There were times after gigs where I would say no to a one night stand, run back to the hotel room, and it was better than an orgasm where I'm like, oh, I don't have any weird drama to deal with, and like <laughs> I can just watch professional wrestling. And I'm like, this is amazing. Um, but also, I would like I fell in love with my first one night stand. I was conv- I've always been a relationship relationship guy mm. so so many i like wrote some like dramatic note to some one night stand i had in like uh, london where i was just like i will never meet someone like you like uh, that's just here's the thing i'm not bar one night stand hot where girls go oh, i want to like fuck that guy i'm like baby broken bird needs to be nursed back to health hot <laughs> where if i can somehow get to a one night stand uh oftentimes they'll develop feelings so that happened i like started this like relationship um with this girl and then just all the dramatic cliche stuff that you would think happened, happened. Um, she went online and was like, who's been wronged by the supposed feminist, uh, Jamie Kilstein. And even though it was consensual dating, even though everyone said I, I treated them well, because I was this, this pillar of, of social justice and calling people out, it, 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 I wouldn't say it turned into a me too thing because I didn't like touch anyone inappropriately or get drunk with anybody or Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But it turned into like, you know, this guy's just another shitty guy who's claiming to be good. And it like derailed my career. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, It was treated like I was accused of like assaulting someone or, you know, something really terrible like that. And, you know, look, I can talk about there are lots of guys who will talk about, you know, we need to talk about me too and how it's hurting men. The bottom line is there are still more women every day who don't get justice for their sexual assault or their harassment um, than there are men who are falsely accused. However, if we start falsely accusing people, if we conflate Al Franken with Harvey Weinstein, Mm -hmm. if we aren't allowed to have these conversations, it's going to make it worse for women because I've talked to women who don't want to come out anymore. I've talked to a lot of conservative men and women who are less likely to believe you know, let's say a Harvey Weinstein story after the Aziz story, right? Mm. Like we're starting to get into kind of dangerous territory with that. Yeah. And and my fear is there's going to be a, a giant pushback against me too. We're already kind of seeing that. Yeah. Um, but so in short, my audience was told not to like me anymore and they stopped liking me. Mm. Um, there was, I remember I had a comment on my Facebook that said, um, you know, I love you, man. You really saved my life. Cause I voluntarily, it said I got kicked off of my old show. Um, my ex-wife and I decided I was already out in LA, had a new girlfriend that I can just produce the show behind the scenes and I would do my stand up and stuff like that. Uh, it, it made it sound like I was like fired. You know, she knew everything that was happening. And so this guy wrote on my Facebook, I really loved you. You saved me from my depression, all this stuff. Then the next day the tribe spoke. He didn't just, del- he didn't delete his comment. That would have made more sense. He added a comment to his comment. was like, I fucking hate you. Oh, I hope dude. you die. Like it was oh. so rough. And you know, not only did, you know, I lose all my money and my fans and disappeared and you know, I was suicidal. Like the only reason I didn't kill myself is I had a girlfriend mm. who was like, you're not a creep. Like you're, you know, and, and made me feel like a normal human. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it also, there was such shame behind it. There was, and, and you feel like the internet is everywhere mm-hmm. where that's another problem with social media is 
the majority of people aren't on the extreme left or aren't on the extreme right. But if you go on Twitter, you assume that's the case. And I mean, if I was a kid, I wouldn't have survived this on social media because it follows you because it's on your phone. So you'll be on a date and a stranger can call you a cuck if you look at your phone, right? Yeah. You could be taking a shit and a bunch of people are calling you like, and you're like, what? But you're you're bringing this into your life. You're choosing mm-hmm. to do it. So it really followed me around. I got off social media for a year. Best thing I ever did. Started teaching jujitsu, got healthy, got confident. Uh, and then once I was kind of ready, because it's also tempting. It's like if extreme feminism takes you down, what's the other route? If you're just going social media tribes, oh, I'm, I'm going to become like a men's rights guy and be because like, don't it, believe women, it blah, feels blah, like blah. It's binary, right? Like, well, it's either this choice or this choice, not realizing that like, those are edge cases. Yeah. Most yeah. people aren't. Most people have lives mm-hmm. and they're not outraged 24 hours a day. I had a woman who was a keynote speaker at the main women's march, the first women's march that ever happened, call me on the phone the day after my stuff. And I was just like, well, time to get yelled at. And she was like, I'm so sorry what happened, what happened to you. Mm. It makes my job harder to get justice for women when like bullshit stuff like this happens. Because for me, it was just gossip and it was a fun story. Mm. It was like, look at this guy who yelled at everyone. Now he's getting taken down. Ha, 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 ha. Because I was to the point where if someone made a sexist joke, I'd be like, you hate women. Because that's what my tribe wanted. And I was a loud voice in my tribe. And I was funny. So, and, and I also hated myself. I dropped out of high school. So my tribe was all intellectuals. And suddenly I feel accepted by the smart kids, by the cool kids, right? And... So if they told me that something I said was offensive, I was like, I must be wrong. Or if they told me to go after this person, I'll be like, oh, I'll get their approval. And so a lot of it had to do with just like filling the hole in my heart, which I think mm-hmm. is why most of us do the shitty things we do. Yeah. 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 Well, let's dive into some of these questions here. Um, they're both from, well, or some of them are just discussion topics. Uh, Jamie, you and I were going back and forth early on about... Um, some topics to talk about. And here was one. When is it okay to cut someone out of your life because of politics? Now, before before we answer that, I want to also bring in April's question. April is from Canada, and that's an important distinction here. April said, how do you deal with a friend who says your political beliefs are ruining the country? Hmm. And the reason I said she's from Canada is because we hear that all the time in yeah. our country because all of a sudden we have this this. Yeah, we we treat our president as like the the father figure of the country for some yeah. reason. And we right. all have dad issues, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> but 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 truthfully, even in Canada, uh, someone is saying, "Hey, uh, my friend April saying my friend says my pol- political beliefs are ruining the country." I know. Right? How do you? Uh, How do you everyone in America that? thinks Canada is so great. It's like the only way to ruin <laughs> Canada is get like a make Justin Trudeau less hot. Like I don't understand <laughs> how you would ruin it. Um, it's it's really okay so i feel like there there is a limit i think that at its core it's everything we talked about on the regular episode right which is being willing to hear people out not just i would have never even talked to a conservative five years ago 
I would have just assumed you are a bad person. Mm-hmm. And, and I, assume all the worst things. Like you, by saying conservative or Republican. Or, I just assume you live in a, a trash dumpster covered in swastikas. Like mm-hmm. just as bad as you can get. That you're dumb. That you put Jesus over like the lives of gay people. You know how many conservatives write in? Or even when I go do conservative TV. And they're like, I support same-sex marriage. And you're like, what? Like... We've just evolved, period. Remember, Obama and Hillary Clinton didn't support same-sex marriage when they were running and Democrats, Mm -hmm. you know? Just the country itself has evolved. Yeah. So, you know, I remember when I did my first, and I wrote about this, when I did my first, like, right-wing TV show, and I expected everyone just to be horrible. Mm. And my rule to myself is, I'm going to go do this show, but I'm not going to compromise on any of my liberal ideas. I'm going to listen, and I'm going to come at it from a place of, hey, I'm still liberal, but here's what we can do to bring people together. Here's what my side does that I think I, that I don't agree with. And I went in, and the first woman I met was the producer of the show, and she was like a Latina woman. And I was just like, <gasps> like aghast, like could not believe a Latina woman, which is, by the way, fucking racist of me, uh, <laughs> would work at a conservative channel. And I'm like looking at her to see if she's blinking some kind of help me Morris code sign. <laughs> like, I have no idea what's going on. Right. Then I meet the host of the show, white guy, meet the host of the show. He obviously. Co- obviously. Mm-hmm. He comes in and is like, oh, man, I love stand up. And I'm like, oh, what do you think is funny? Like the Parkland massacre? Like, and, and and he's like, he's like, I'm so sorry. He's like, my favorite comedians are like Norm MacDonald. He's like listening to all like Mitch Hedberg. Like all these like great comedians I like. So we start talking about comedy. Then his producer was like, hey, a fan made a gift for you. And I'm like, what's this racist shit going to be? And it was like this exquisite oil painting of him and his wife on their wedding day like they were just wonderful people who i vehemently disagree with on mostly everything and but it was so fascinating for me to see um so what i would say so my answer is give it a second hear them open the conversation by being like let's find something we can agree on and I'll get to that more in depth when we cover the abortion thing, but let's find something we agree. I always, even when I was at my worst about yelling at people, I would always, I would try to approach an issue from their point of view. So what I mean by that is if, so I'm against torture, but if I'm talking to a conservative about torture, I'm not going to go, we're better than that. I'm going to go, Hey, here are all the facts that actually make us less safe. Because chances are you think torture is good because someone told you that if there's a ticking time bomb situation, we have to do whatever it takes and we have to like Jack Bauer this guy so we don't have like another 9-11, right? Right. But you actually have uh, very famous interrogators who have come forward and said that the best way to actually get information isn't that. In fact, if you look at when John McCain was tortured, he gave false information, right? right? Mm -hmm. And that happens a lot. You can get people to tell you whatever you want to hear. Whatever you want. So if both of our goals are let's be safe. I'm going to do that. Or if I was talking to a Republican, I would usually open by like shitting on the Democrats or like being like, oh, yeah, I don't like Clinton either. Mm -hmm. But like, what do you think we should do about this? Or when I interviewed Dave Rubin for my show, you know, and he's against the minimum raising the minimum wage and I'm for it. He gave an answer that I was actually like really impressed by. And I was like, oh, I never thought of it that way. But instead of shouting at him, my rebuttals and I had some people on the left get mad at me for not rebuking him harder I go well what do you think we should do because we still have people who have kids and like single mothers who have to work three jobs and like you think that's messed up too right and giving him the benefit of the doubt and being like I see your humanity 
what's the solution then, right? Mm -hmm. Like, instead of just, I disagree with you on this, what do you think we should do to get these people out of poverty? Here's what I think we should do. Um, And don't go at it with such a negative point of view. Now, my second part of that answer is if she has people who are saying you're ruining the country, or if you have family, there's a difference between having Thanksgiving arguments with your family about the economic system, about Israel, Palestine, about this. But if you're gay and your family says you're going to hell, or if your family is fucking racist, you can create your own family. You can get to a place where you can be safe. You can make your friends your family um, and know that you are not bound because, you know, if you have a brother who is mentally abusive to you, Mm -hmm. you have to be like, well, I got to call him every day because like, our parents fucked and like my dad forgot to pull out. So I guess I'm stuck being abused by Brad or whatever for the rest of my life. Like you can get the fuck out of that. um, And that's okay. And that doesn't make you a bad person. What I've learned when it comes to politics, when it comes to gossip, you know, getting my girlfriend out of this nine to five where people were constantly just drinking and gossiping and shitting on each other. It's like, well, cause they felt like they weren't, happy or they weren't fulfilled she knew her true friends by when she said hey this is crazy i met a guy i'm leaving my job i'm gonna produce his podcast the people who said fuck yeah i've always wanted you to be happy you stay Mm. you get to stay but the people were like i don't know and started trying to drag her back to this miserable job it's like we don't need you right now right so if you're around people who are constantly shouting that you're the problem with canada or you know just wanting to even look if you spend all day screaming about politics that's also kind of gossip in a way it's exciting you're bad-mouthing people right mm-hmm. like even yeah. if it's donald trump um i would rather be around people who want solutions who want uh to evolve who want to talk about ideas and who want to just be like fucking nice to each other yeah, yeah. Well, we, we were talking uh tk was on the podcast last week tk coleman he he's is great. he's like uh you know pretty uh He's like an anarcho-capitalist libertarian, yeah. right? Um, believes cliche. In, <laughs> believes in like. Uh, uh, actually, we were talking afterward. He thinks the only solution to racism is free markets, and has like really articulate arguments uh, about it. I should have him on the show. Uh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, you should. You should definitely talk to him, man. Yeah, because you guys would have a great conversation. Yeah, you we're really buddies. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, you know, I, I can introduce you too if you'd cool, like cool. as well. But anyway, he, he was, uh, oh, I was going somewhere and then I derailed myself. Sorry. That's all right. TK, he was on the show yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking about finding your own family, uh, shit like that. Talking about basically, uh, you, you, you cut people out when they ultimately are trying to tear you down. Well, actually, here's what I'll say to <laughs> April because I, I lost my train of thought there. Your political beliefs can't ruin a country. Beliefs can't ruin a country. Right. That's a great line. Your, your action can can ruin a country but yes april my guess is you're probably not doing anything to ruin canada right <laughs> I, I doubt i doubt that you're like out there spearing people with different beliefs or whatever oh here's the thing tk was talking about he said you know he's a pretty he, he's libertarian so i don't hang out with many libertarians though because I, I don't find them very interesting creative people like we just mm. happen to have the same political beliefs oh wow and and uh, i i often find i surround myself with really creative people and a lot of those people have tend to have really different political beliefs from me that's cool and and what's nice about that is 
you don't have to argue politics with people. Ryan and I aren't arguing politics. I mean, no. I can count on one hand how many times we've we've really talked politics. Well, and also, uh, Cal Newport, who you guys had on the show, uh, is a friend of mine, and he texted me after the Dave Rubin episode, and he goes, "Hey, man, I really love that Dave Rubin interview. Uh, I've never heard him like talk personally and answer those questions before." And I wrote him back, and I'm like, "Man, did I get a lot of shit for that interview on the left?" Mm. And he wrote, he goes people don't like Dave Rubin and to me and you who are on Twitter all the time I don't know about you in the politic world but I was just like oh if I could live in that world if I could live in that beautiful like fairy tale land where you didn't know nor did you care how people view this kind of obscure niche famous center right YouTube talk show host whereas in my head the world hates Dave Rubin because that's all I see on my still pretty liberal um, timeline and that's when Cal tried to convince me to get off social media and I'm like but I gotta guys if you guys all <laughs> if everybody listening to this Patreon episode listens to my podcast I can get the fuck off Twitter which would be <laughs> the best but but how crazy is that that I was shocked that I'm like Cal Newport lives in a world where he can just like the shit he likes mm -hmm. because he doesn't see all the gossip and all the noise on social media by, by the noise. Not yeah. in a not if he wants to disagree with part of Dave Rubin, he can. If he wants to agree, but he's not being pushed to either way because Twitter told you. I mean, I used to literally check Twitter before I tweeted I liked something mm. just to make sure my tribe oh, wow. wasn't going to get pissed Am off. I allowed to like this? Wow. Yep. Yeah, literally. And, and I think it's kind of where April is right now. It's. Hey, I, I feel uncomfortable discussing these things with people around because I don't know what I'm allowed to like, what I'm allowed to dislike. Oh, by the way, and that's going to drive her far more extreme. And I get yeah. it where if the people who disagree with her, right, like let's say let's say she is a bad person, right? Let's say <laughs> let's say April is ruining Canada. Let's say she's, you know, racist against fuck it, hockey. I don't know. Uh, I, I, don't know. I, don't, I don't know what you guys do up there. You have free medicine. That's all I know. Um, but let's say, let's say like she's a, let's say she's kind of racist. She's a little racist, okay. right? Doesn't think she's racist, but some of her political policies would lead you to believe oh, you might be a little racist. If all of her not racist friends are just like, you're a piece of shit, you're a monster, right? Mm -hmm. She's going to feel excommunicated. excommunicated. Yeah. So she's going to go online. How can and, I find data to back up yeah, these things I'm saying? That yep. This isn't racist, this is data. Yeah, yeah. and now now she's in the real racist camp. Now she, she Googles kind of racist, and the algorithm has sent her to definitely racist, right? <laughs> and that happens all the time. Like, people demonize, this might be esoteric, but, like, we talk about Jordan Peterson a lot. Uh -huh. And I literally, before I heard Jordan Peterson, I assumed he was a literal Nazi because of the way the left talks about him, right. right? And he's a Canadian guy, so this is this is relevant to April. And I I look him up, and I don't see his political beliefs first. I see videos because he's also a clinical psychologist, mm -hmm. right. and he's and also one of the most. Uh, I learned this from Cal. I didn't. I was the same way. Where I'm like, oh, I just figured he was like some politically charged figure, just but some like monster. In, in academia for like the last 20 plus years, he has been a bit of an icon oh, in terms of Harvard, being a professor. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and no, I, the, Toronto removed or, or they courted him away from, from Harvard. Harvard. Yeah. yeah. And so he has all these videos, especially geared towards young men, essentially being like, get your shit together. Take responsibility. Walk confidently with your shoulders back. Make your bed. Mm -hmm. And I'm like. First of all, as a 36-year-old, like, divorced guy who's refinding himself, I was like, oh, I got to fucking make my bed. This is brilliant. Why haven't <laughs> I been making my bed? 
Did you know that Hitler made his bed? Uh, I knew it. I knew it. My associate, therefore, Jordan Peterson is Hitler by right. the laws of social media. I'm triggered. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. And so, that's so funny. So, <laughs> the, so I suddenly start like looking up to Jordan Peterson because there are a lot of people on the left who don't speak to men because if you speak to men, you're being sexist or you're mm. ignoring the oppression. The, by the way, the, there is of course women are more oppressed than men and uh minorities and trans people and lgbt people are more oppressed than straight white men with that said you should also be able to talk about there are also problems that men have because if you don't talk about that all those people are going to be driven because when i saw jordan peterson speak about that stuff i was like this is amazing this is really helping me jocko wilnick all these like motivational guys who are speaking towards men and telling them to have healthy masculinity Mm -hmm. instead of no masculinity was huge for me but then that youtube algorithm comes in and it's like hey if you like jordan peterson making the bed you'll love you know this fucking republican guy kicking a mexican at at the border (laughs) and you're like no i don't want that but all of these young men all these young men are going to be driven oh to that God. because there aren't people on the left. That's why I try to talk about MMA and health and all that. I try to talk about good yeah. masculinity on my show because no one on the left really does that. So I'm afraid with April, if her friends keep doing that, they're just going to, you need acceptance, right? Tribalism isn't good, but you also, you need to feel accepted. You need to feel heard. You need to be able to connect with people. And that's why I don't think that we should like be banning uh, offensive content and, and figures from Facebook. Like I want Alex Jones on Facebook because I don't want those guys going deeper into a fucking cave and where now they can say, oh, and we're being censored. Yeah. Or, and people think we're the reason that the country is so bad. I want right. to talk to those people and I want to find common ground and I want to help like lift them up instead of pushing them farther and farther into the closet. I'm so torn on like the Alex Jones things because I like I am very much in favor of freedom of speech yeah of course and if you want to be a racist bigot on on facebook like yeah i don't agree with your stance but like it's freedom of speech but in the other token it's like the misinformation the sandy hook thing was really bad yeah it's like yeah because like you're yeah i mean it's yeah it is really bad and it, and it's going through the courts right now like because of how bad it was yeah. um but yeah but, long but, story but, short it's, it's just funny how those like something like alex jones i could see both sides of it but i i think that's on, honestly like when it comes to political beliefs, like that is how you're going to get along with people who have opposing political beliefs. Like you try to look at both sides, see where they're coming from. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't, you know, I'm not saying the Alex Jones, like Alex Jones is worth having a conversation with. Um, but I think that, and we saw after Alex Jones got banned, a bunch of far left, places also got banned yeah absolutely. or actually recently when steven crowder very republican i think he said some homophobic shit uh a lot of the pro freedom of speech people don't but when he got demonetized from youtube mm-hmm. and youtube said anyone who has white supremacy we're going to demonetize them the algorithm kicked in and there were a bunch of lefty journalists who were doing really good undercover work and exposes on white supremacy white supremacism that also got demonetized oh. so like this is the problem when we yeah. let algorithms censor yeah. here's the thing that these are private corporations and my thought is they should be allowed to do whatever they want sure. these aren't public squares yeah. or we pretend they are that's a good point that is a good um, point. and, and uh, we, there are some people who are saying well yeah, let's let the government take them over because that would work out oh, really god, well oh god yeah holy so, shit yeah, yeah let's stunt I mean, the growth uh, like, uh, yeah, the let's, evolution. Make, let's make twitter a, a division of the DMV and good see how god. well that works right. out oh boy and, so 
Oh, go ahead. You go ahead. Well, I was, you know, when it comes to, I mean, going back to this question is when is it okay to cut someone out of your life right. because of politics? I don't think it's ever okay to cut cut someone out of your life because of politics. Well, let's mm. talk about politics real quick. <clears throat> okay. The, the word itself. So, sure. so if we go back to the original meaning of the word, the the sort of Socratic or, or uh, Platonic or Aristotelian view of politics, you know, the, the Greek uh, Socrates just, would have been canceled today in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Dug up some old tweets that were reasons. offensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, which that pisses me off too, man. Like he'd so, be following a lot of 12 year old boys, but that's oh anyway. yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, oh, yeah, shit. he would be the Kevin Spacey of. Uh, I, I know what you're gonna say. I just, yeah, I, I just I can't agree. believe you can dig something up from 20 years ago and be like, he said this 20 years ago. Well, don't you want to root for people to change? Like yeah. the Kevin Hart thing's a great example yeah. where it's like Kevin Hart is a success. This is where like woke politics turns on each other. Mm. He is a successful black comedian who I remember him when he was starting out and he was a successful black comedian who was doing a lot of good and motivating people to do a mm. lot of good. He made some dumb homophobic joke like 10 years ago and has evolved from that. We should be rooting for people's yes. evolution. If we punish people for turning into better people, what's their incentive there isn't. to grow? No, Be- it's, it's like when I think about a president, I don't want a perfect president. I want a president who is self-reflective. Yes. Who yes, can yes, look yes, back yes. and be like, oh yeah, like this is why I'm different now because I had to go through these really tough lessons. Like it, it's, you're exactly right. Like it is, it is, it's setting up the wrong expectation and it's, it's really meant to just tear people. And out. it's also, it's the opposite of positive thinking. So if you're an athlete, right. And you're like visualizing, uh, making the basket or winning the fight, or if you're just a normal person and every day you meditate, cheers, cheers, you show <laughs> your gratitude and you meditate about like, here's what I want. Here's how much money I have. Here's how I want to propose to my wife. Here's, you know, you're visualizing all these great things. It shows that that stuff really, really helps. Right. Yeah. When we go online every day to search out negative stuff, to find successful people and and see where they fucked up, Mm -hmm. we're doing the opposite of positive thinking. We're finding successful people and we're trying to cut them down. If we spend as much time improving ourselves as we do trying to cut down other people, Mm -hmm. we would all be fucking successful. I totally agree. And that, honestly, that is where I think you cut people out of your life. It's when they're trying to just cut you down. So that's, when it comes to politics, like, you know, if I've seen someone tweet like, tweet a meme oh if, if anyone voted for this person they shouldn't be allowed to procreate like that's oh. someone i'm going to avoid not because of their political beliefs but because they are trying to tear people down they're trying to be divisive and i am not i, I don't want to be divisive i, I want to be inclusive not exclusive yeah what if you said if you voted for this political candidate i want to know why right right yeah that's um, a that's creating a meaningful conversation yeah because by the way there are a lot of trump supporters that now i've talked to because there's the whole thing where if you voted for trump you're a racist mm. right now, I believe Trump is a racist. Uh, there are a lot of conservatives. <laughs> I think he's a racist, but he doesn't know he's a racist. Correct. That's exactly <laughs> how I feel. It's like, you know, the Mexicans are rapists. They're like, I don't think Trump's a good guy. And there are a lot of conservatives I really like now. Um, so if I just assume that everyone who voted for Trump is a racist, if you talk to people who legitimately aren't racist, if mm-hmm. you talk to, by the way, black people who voted for Trump, if mm-hmm. you talk to whoever, they'll say things like, I think Hillary Clinton was corrupt. And you go, eh, I kind of agree with that. Yeah. Or they go, every time we've had a Republican or a Democrat in office, you know, the same shit happens. They pander to these corporate interests. I was just desperate for anyone different. And yeah. you go, eh, I kind of see that. I wish it wasn't Trump, but like, I kind of see that. Well, and people voted we, for Trump the same reason why people were voting for Bernie. They just want to throw a wrench. Oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, if you actually look at the numbers, a lot of the places that voted for Trump, even better than Bernie, uh, voted for Obama. Mm. Why? 
people forget that Obama was kind of anti-establishment because yeah. he was running for Hillary. His campaign slogan was change. Mm. So they voted for Obama because they wanted something different. They voted for Trump because they wanted something different. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this is, I don't want to like just do a Trump bashing session either because no. like to your point about people who have voted for Trump, like there are many people I know who I respect their, their beliefs. I respect their values who I know they voted for Trump. And you could get them to vote for Bernie because yeah. I think that Trump has let a lot of those people down and turned into a generic conservative. I think just how trigger happy he is is really scary to a lot of conservatives. Mm-hmm. There's a huge movement in the conservatives uh, to get a more pragmatic, uh, uh, a level-headed candidate to to primary Trump. And if we are talking to those conservatives instead of just being like, you're dumb because you voted for Trump, they're going to double down on Trump. Because right. I would. You're I'd driving like, a wedge. Well, fuck you guys. Yeah, you're just I'm driving vote for a Trump wedge. Again. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. yeah so, so if we go back to the, the original sort of term of politics it means the affairs of the city Mm. and and so if we're asking the question this way when is it okay to cut someone out of your life because of the affairs of the city yeah um it seems like a weird question to even ask unless the city was passing like a like we need to ban april proclamation you know what i mean like if it personally but yeah i totally agree with you right and so so if we go back and look at politics with its original me it's become something else now right it's Mm -hmm. it's now become these tribes and everything else but if it's just about how we run a city or a state or a country uh, yeah we're gonna have disagreements and if you go in there thinking the only people you want to interact with are people with whom you don't have disagreements you're gonna be in a room by yourself eventually well and also there will still be disagreements. They will just be sillier where that's why we see so much fighting on the left. You know, I mean, if April, let's say she's liberal and her friend who's saying she's ruining everything is conservative. I'll make April not a racist anymore uh, for my (laughs) hypothetical. Then if there's still, even if, even if they were both on the left, right? I only hung out with lefties and the biggest fights were amongst each other where lefties would say, well, this kind of lefty is ruining the country or, 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 you know, the, 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 the intersectional lefties are ruining the country or the more centrist lefties are ruining the country. Like we've just gotten to a point where if you disagree on one issue, you're ruining the country. It's just, it's hyperbolic garbage. When I, there was a point when I was, felt like I was failing as a stand-up comic. So I swear to God, I started doing slam poetry. You don't get much more niche or disrespected than slam poet. Like <laughs> mime, maybe. But I was doing <laughs> slam poetry. And I started because I was like, these people will accept me. Mm. Because they are so much lower on the totem pole than even comedy. Like it's mm. going to be this like way more like artistic, open-minded community. We're all going to come together. It's going to be great. I started winning all these huge slam poetry competitions right away because I was funny and that was different, right? That's, and you're also beating up the other poets because of the I'm jiu-jitsu thing? I'm beating the shit out of them. Uh, they're like, well, I guess Jamie's the only competitor left. Everyone else is like limping around. I was the Tanya Harding of slam poetry. And, uh, and, and Tweet that podcast yeah. out. <laughs> and so... But it was so I started winning all these things. I was like, this is amazing. I'm like, accept it. I'm writing about all these progressive issues. That's where my kind of rant style developed with my stand up. And immediately this this girl um, who looks like exactly what you're picturing for a slam poet, like very like Lena Dunhamy, who was on Deaf Poetry Jam, much more accomplished than I am, uh-huh. wrote this poem attacking me because one of my gay rights jokes 
she found like offensive, even though it was pro gay rights or mm. whatever. I was just like a dumb comic. And she wrote a poem called, you know, to the stand up comedian who thinks he's a poet or something like that. And mm. that was like the shot where you're not a real poet. And mm. I literally stood at the back of the Bowery Poetry Club in New York City and cried because oh. not because someone's writing a mean <laughs> poem, but because I was like, I finally thought I was fucking accepted. Right. I was too political for comedy. So then I went to slam poetry and I was too funny. The, the point I'm trying to make is you're never going to fit in. Mm-hmm. And that's good, You're and that's okay. You're not going to fit in with the extremes. And, yeah. and no I way. Think, uh, there's this this weird thing where we look at those extremes and say, I want to fit in there, and, and so we adjust all of our beliefs. Even though they aren't our beliefs, we try to adopt other people's beliefs. That's what beliefs. I did. Yeah. That's what I did on the left. And yeah. then we, what we do is, it's like a, this, you know when you walk through the grocery store on like a weekend, you got all these little samplers out, and that's what we do with, instead of like, saying oh what do i actually want to eat we just walk around the world and sample each person's beliefs like, i'll take that belief i'll take yeah. that i'm not sure why it's just there in front of me so i might as well take that belief right. yeah and you know i mean there's a big thing in stand-up comedy where a lot of comics i really respect say hey, if everyone's agreeing with you every night you're kind of doing something wrong mm-hmm. yeah you know like you always want to be pushing and by the way the majority of people do have nuanced political beliefs you know how many times i have had very famous very left-wing publicly people in private whisper to me hey but we're getting kind of insane on this right and we're getting kind of insane on this right yeah. like I can't say it publicly but yeah or oh, wow, or, or, or conservatives doing the same thing yeah. writing in now it's like well i'm not really conservative on like gay issues or on this and that mm-hmm. and that's why again when i talked to my girlfriend's parents we actually agreed on more than we disagreed and i asked them questions instead of being like you know, assuming that someone who wants to own a gun is like pro school shooting. Mm. I'm like, I want to hear how you who are trained in firearms, which I am not, what we should do about school shootings. Because right. maybe you know more as a gun owner than I know as someone who yells about guns. Maybe you don't. Maybe you care more about shooting guns on the weekends than you do kids' lives. But there are both of those camps exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. I think for me, man, like when it comes to people who have like, super opposing political views than I do. I try to find that common ground. I try to find, like, I'll look at someone and I'm like, I don't really like your points of view when it comes to political issues, but I know there's something inside of you that is also inside of me. Of course, And, like, that is what I'm trying to find. So, like, and you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier about how, you know, instead of having the solution and sticking up for this solution, you look at the problem. And then you and then you can have a nice conversation about okay we both agree that this is a problem yeah how can we go about to to a solution to find a yeah to this one problem? of the things I talk about in my podcast a lot is having like values over teams or um, principles over partisanship mm-hmm. right where if you were mad at George Bush for droning countries in the Middle East mm-hmm. unfortunately. As much as I miss Barack Obama and his amazing family, uh, <laughs> you should be mad at Obama who also droned. Yeah, and, uh, and, and also and also did uh, uh, you know the, the camps with migrants with children? Yeah, I mean, he, they were doing the same. And thing. And we're not talking ministry. about that, now. right? And if you were talking about it under Obama, you should talk about it under Trump. In if fact, you, in, in some ways, you should be more upset, right? Because because it's your it, guy, right? And like yeah. if I found out Ryan was like droning families in Canada or yeah. something, yeah, 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 I'd be like. <laughs> What like Ryan's okay. the one who's ruining Canada? I, <laughs> I expected Jordan to do that, but Ryan, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. But, but you know what? Even with like someone like Trump, like personally, the problem I like I have with Trump is uh, it, it's he's divisive. 
Like, sure. you know, I, I think that he genuinely thinks what he's doing is right, but it is not bringing the country together. Like, it is it is driving a wedge. However, that said, like, I do try and look, even with some a president that I don't necessarily love, I still will look at and be like, oh, you know what? The economy's doing all right. Oh, you know what? Like, I'm glad we didn't go to war with Iran. Yeah. Uh, but, like, there are these things that I can still look at and still uh, help, help bring myself closer to that side. Yeah, and by the way, that was such a... I've never heard it put that way but that reminded me what we were talking about before about social media what all of us were talking about about how um you know what gets clicks what gets popularity the -hmm. reason why my new podcast is like harder to promote is but what gets popularity is like yelling at people and going after people that's one of the reasons trump won that divisiveness is there is something innate in us that divisiveness is what we want yeah fuck yeah yeah you know like yeah let's do that like like look he's 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 sticking up for himself he's he's and like here's another thing like we make fun of trump on the left for saying like fake news blah 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 I've been saying that forever. Yeah. I don't think that it's fake news because it's liberally biased. I don't think it's fake news because it's conservatively biased. I think they're money hungry corporations yes. that are thirsty for clicks and they got Trump elected, which right. isn't very liberal because they covered him even when Bernie was like selling out, you know, or stadiums or whatever. Yeah. And and now I think they're trying to bring him down because that's what's popular. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're just gross. There was a period of time where the the and it was a, a narrow window. Um, there was a period of time that the news media's job duty was to report. Yeah, right. And and Edward its R. duty Murrow now is to get your attention. Right. To get your eyeballs. To scare aggregate, the shit out of you. Yeah. Yep. Aggregate your eyeballs to their product or service so they yeah. can they can uh, essentially mine your data or or sell you stuff. Yep. Yeah. Um, Jamie, what's the best way to discuss life's most controversial topics like abortion? Finally, the, the, <laughs> we get to talk about abortion. What? What if the reason I wanted to talk about that? I'm just like hawking my new like abortion side hustle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's why you were so excited. Wait a minute. Go to www. W. A book on DIY abortion. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which some states will need soon enough. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, okay, so abortion is a great example. Just because it's like known as like the most controversial, okay? Everyone on the left thinks that anyone pro-life wants women to die. Every pro-life person or a lot of pro-life people think pro-choice people want babies to die. Right. There are arguments about the science, about when is it a human life, et cetera, et cetera. What I finally realized, it's like if pro-life people legitimately think that every day, like fucking like babies are being like murdered, like, yeah, that's something you want to fight against. Yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem, Mm -hmm. right? So let's not get into that. Let's not get into the science or whatever. What we can look at are are facts. Now, a lot of people on the left don't want to hear the sentence I'm about to say, which is let's say the common ground is let's make abortions let's try to make as few abortions as possible right and people on the left might be like, well, it's not even about that it's about women don't care don't care don't care yeah um i do I, i'm i'm pro-choice i believe it is a woman's right just like disclaimer there but i also want to have the conversation you can't shut out pro-life people from the conversation because it's a large portion of of, of americans who I mean, think it depending on how you ask the question it's actually in in some instances, it's the majority of yeah. Uh, and I think what we're what we're talking about here in, in a topic like this, we're actually debating two different things, and that's where it gets it gets conflated, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. so as you mentioned, there are people who are, and even these terms are marketing terms, pro life and pro choice, yeah. right? Um, uh, if you flip it around, you could say uh, pro death and and 
uh, pro hatred of women or something. Right. Or right. like, or pro choice is pro women and like, yeah, pro life is like anti, like there are, I mean, pro life Republicans really have marketing down. It's like, they have freedom, life, God, family <laughs> values. <laughs> and like, yeah. yeah. Democrats have like pot. Like that's like, we don't, <laughs> like it's so shitty. Uh, but yes. Yeah. The, the, and, and I guess what I'm saying is that they're arguing about two different things. The one side is saying, Hey, this is murder. The other side is saying, well, we need to talk about uh, not just what the w- woman's right to choose, because I don't think that I don't think people that think it's murder want. Well, actually, there's, there's a subset of people who actually do want to control women, and yeah. we have to we have to recognize Correct. that as well. And that's just disgusting. Yeah. Um, but let's let's set aside that. There are some people, including there there are women who are on the the pro-life side of I know the a argument. A lot of them now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. My mom was one of them. Yeah. I, but yeah. I would argue that. A lot of that has to do with religion too, which I think is a completely different yeah, <laughs> element I, to this whole to the abortion conversation. Right, and, and so what we're really talking about is murder and and defining humanness, mm. really, because it, you look at someone who has a far I, you can't even call it right, just a extreme view on on uh, abortion. Someone like Peter Singer, he he thinks that infants don't that they lack personhood, right? Oh, wow. And so infanticide is okay, just like abortion's okay. Good Someone God. like Peter Singer, right? Wow. And and you you're saying good God because you're like, well, that's murder. And he's like, right. well, no, it's not murder. Personal. They haven't and, developed a personality yet. Uh, yeah. Right. And, and they don't they don't they, they lack the capacity for suffering is what he would argue. So they can feel pain but not suffering. And yeah. And and uh, there there are all these arguments behind that. And he can have the conversation in a way that, I mean, it turns some people off, but everyone else is having that same conversation. It's just within this nine-month window instead of this two-year and nine-month window. Right, right. I think what has to happen is kind of like what I said about torture, where if you look at statistics, the – because we can yell at each other all day. You Mm -hmm. can say if you're pro-life, you're a baby murderer. I still think that – you know, if you are pro-choice, you're a baby, uh, whatever. Um, I still think that if you're pro-life, but you're also like, then you better be fucking anti-war, anti-death penalty. Yeah. You should. What do we do if like the woman needs an abortion because like the woman will die? Yeah. Do we not care about the women, but we only care about the baby? Like these are conversations. I still have these beliefs. However, the conversation I would have instead is how do we have less abortions? And if you look at the numbers, the places, we'll just take America, the places in America that have, that are like the most religious, the most pro-life also have the highest rates of teen pregnancy, STDs, and why not bonus anal sex? Because kids are learning abstinence only and they're terrified uh, to have sex. So they're, they don't know how to use condoms because they're going to have sex because they're kids right. um, and so on. So why don't we start by if you're pro-life, will you budge a little bit? And can we not teach abstinence only? Because if you really care about less abortions, you'll look at these numbers and you will see that the places that have the most comprehensive sex education have the least amount of abortions. Right. And if they say no, they're not worth having the conversation with. Sure. Right? But like, I didn't, 
like the first time, this is the bonus episode. Let's go for it. The first time I jerked off, I thought I broke my dick. <laughs> Sex education is so bad. We're like, I just had like, what have like, I done? Yeah, my a great Twitter bio. Yeah, <laughs> the first time I jerked off, I thought I broke. That'll be the name of my memoir. I thought I broke my dick. Oh my god! But like, I didn't know. I had like this very sweet lesbian gym teacher who like just showed us like a diagram of balls, and she was like, "That's sex." And we were like, "What?" And she's like, "Bye." Like, I didn't know what it was. I literally was trying to like put it back back in when I jerked off like just look <laughs> let's teach kids about sex so that a, they don't have to like finger fuck their own cum back into their dick hole that's what oh I'm trying that's what I'm trying to say that's all I'm trying to say very sweet minimalist audience I'm so but oh, like man. we need to have comprehensive sex education we need to have these conversations with kids if you just go abortion is murder and especially like I've talked to conservatives I have a I have a friend uh, he, uh I have a friend who's like he goes on the news all the time very conservative very pro life and he said Nick DePaulo it's Nick DePaulo <laughs> it's Dennis Miller he said that um yeah that Alabama law w- with rape or incest is terrible how cool would it be to have all these pro-life people who came out and were like I'm not I don't think if a girl is raped by her dad, mm-hmm. that's a miracle or we should have, you know, that baby. Like we both need to make exceptions. And then maybe the pro-choice side needs to go, go like, you know, when does it become a baby? When is it maybe too much, mm-hmm. you know? And then we need to say, well, then how do we how do we make sure that women are educated enough again or, or that couples are educated enough to like know they're pregnant early on? Mm-hmm. Like, what if you don't know? What if you don't know you're pregnant until it's too late and you can't have a baby? I mean, there are so many conversations that we need to have. I saw a pro-life um, friend of mine who's a woman, a conservative commentator, tweet that her mom was actually, uh, I, I, I don't know a politically correct way to put it, but like her, her grandma was raped and she still had the baby and that's her mom. And that kind of destroyed the argument I had about like the the rape, like they have a good family, mm-hmm. like and that made me stop as like a staunch pro life or pro choicer. Made me go, oh shit, you yeah. know. But does that mean that you should force women to have babies who were raped or who are like fucking fifteen years old? Right. Like absolutely not. I think there are so many extreme circumstances like we can talk about that we can say, all right, well, we want less of that. And then once you can start there, I mean, really all you have to do is not start saying you're a baby killer and you're a woman killer. Well, That's all you have to do. Patrons, let us know in the comments whether you hate babies or hate women. Which one <laughs> is it? It's definitely well, well, here, one of them. Here's the other thing, too. Before we move on to another question, just the, the other thing I would say, too, to, to approach topics like abortion, there are other topics that are very controversial, is if you can take the the anger out of it and i i mean i'm tempted to say i'm I'm tempted to say the emotion out of it but that's that might be impossible but not do it online yeah not do it online take the Mm. anger out of it so you can start to create a conversation to talk about what the problem actually is because like you said like we we all agree that we want as little abortions as possible open with even a even a pro choicer is going to say like yeah i we want as little abortions as possible yeah um so like that maybe that's like a good starting point but But by the way a lot of a a lot of the extreme liberals won't Hmm. like uh, because i i I feel i I feel like all of my compromises still like put the onus on the pro-life people i will say a lot of people would be a lot of like staunch feminist male and female would be like it's not even about that we should you you should be able to get not saying they want like starbucks to have like an abortion punch card where like the 11th is free but like they would be like it doesn't matter it's a woman's body we don't even need to have that conversation right yeah there is and it's like well you gotta have that conversation though yeah yeah and actually by the way you can do both you can say (laughs) um 
Yeah, it, it doesn't matter, and it is about the woman's body, and we can still have this conversation. Correct, exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and I think ultimately what we're saying here is, I love what you're talking about, Ryan, having the conversation, you have to have the conversations in a safe space, so mm-hmm. not online. Yep. Safe space also means without the emotion. It doesn't mean physical space. Mm-hmm. It means It means we can try to remove the emotions from this, and ultimately what Jamie was saying there is, it's about asking questions to help me better understand the other side or other sides yeah. of the argument. And pragmatically, yeah. too, it's about not just location, but it's also about timing, right? Like the only thing more hated, I was the only thing more hated than an abortion conversation, which was I was a vegan uh, <laughs> for like 15 years and I was a preachy vegan and then I was not a preachy vegan. Mm. And when I would you know, would have all these vegans right into my old show. Like, I'm really going to, like, give it to my family at Thanksgiving. It's like, that's not the time, mm, right? When your right. mom has, like, slaved in the kitchen, when your dad is, like, fisting the asshole of a turkey to, like, <laughs> be like, by the way, this is murder. What you could do is bring, like, a dope vegan meal that everyone's going to love, right? And be like, mm. wow, this is really good. And then you get to go, oh, yeah, there's no, like, meat in there. Right. They're like, what? This stuffing's vegan? Now you're having a conversation and you're not making people feel like shit so i would say find that common ground early and be like what can we agree on yeah like just to show you have like good faith and again yeah just like in a relationship you don't want to do it when everyone's heated when you're in a fight do it at like a good time be like hey i've been kind of stupid but like this thing you say has been bothering me or whatever Mm. and have it when the other person's willing to have the conversation don't just like start shouting it at someone who it maybe isn't ready to have it yeah Yeah, that's not helpful danny says is it easier to seek common ground through understanding the beginnings the different means of conflicting beliefs or the ultimate ends and if i were to rephrase this question I, i would just say how should loved ones reconcile conflicting beliefs? Mm. And I think we've touched upon that a little bit already. Um, I think part of it has to do with getting the beliefs on the table. And if it's a loved one, if it's truly a loved one, then I talked about this a, a touch on the minimal episode, but I think it's about making room for other people's mistakes or what we perceive to be mistakes or what we perceive to be bad decisions. Um, By the way, I I differentiate mistakes from bad decisions. We often say something was a mistake. I cheated on my wife. It was a mistake. No, it wasn't a mistake. It was a bad decision. And we need to own up to that, right? Um, And and those two things are different. But you also have to make room. Because Ryan said earlier, I don't want my president to be perfect. Like I don't expect also don't expect my loved ones to be perfect. I expect them to be nuanced. And also, they're probably contradicting themselves half the time because I'm doing the same thing. And oh, by the way, I am contradicting my former self quite a bit. And that's just called growth. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, just lead with love. That's yeah. what that's what my girlfriend and I have been saying about our move, about the scary career decisions, her quitting her job to work on the podcast. Like we're leading with love and everything's kind of going the right way. And how cool would it be if you have like a brother you really disagree with on like, you know, let's say you're a free market guy and he's a socialist guy. And one day he like emails you a free market thing. And it's like, hey, man, I thought you'd like this article. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, that's dope. I think the first what I do on the show and the reason conservatives like me and what I try to do in my standup as well is I don't need to change your mind. I just want you to know that people like me aren't assholes, aren't dicks. Mm. And if you can start there, 
and which is why I get emails that are like, I disagree with you, but you're funny. It's like, well, at least now the next time all of his friends are bashing these liberal pussies, he's going to be like, I don't know, that Kilstein guy's kind of funny. And like, he does jujitsu and he doesn't seem like pretentious. And like, there are decent liberals out there or there are decent conservatives out there. And now you can like, you know, have the conversation is mm-hmm. what I think. But yeah, lead with love is just the move. And you can, you can also just yeah. be like, Hey, let's just not talk about politics. Let's say you have a brother you disagree with or a sister you disagree with. And it's like, all right, like I have a brother I kind of disagree with politically. We mainly talk about UFC. Yeah. And that's great. And we right. talk about our relationships and we talk about our families and like, cool. Yeah. No, I, I think leading with love is a great, great piece of advice. Is Danny's question, is he asking us to choose one of these these uh, points of view, the beginnings, the different means of conflict or the ultimate ends? I couldn't figure that out. Because I, because I because what I feel like is yes to all three of those. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like those are those are places you can look for the common ground from any of those places with different topics. Sometimes it'll be the beginnings of that belief or value. And other times it'll be the you know, what is the end game with that belief or value? But yes, like you can find the common ground through any of those means. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you overanalyze it, you're going to find these differences with, with each person. And if you mistake that as them being wrong and you being right or, or vice versa, yeah. I, I don't I don't find that particularly helpful. And it's certainly not leading with love it's not being loving it's not being understanding it's not being compassionate yeah if he was asking i would say i would say common instead of beginning or end it's like that's kind of what i've been trying to stress this episode if you can find common ground or a common uh point you start there whether it's the beginning or end like uh healthcare is a really great example that i give a lot which is i literally so i'm pro some kind of medicare for all universal health care because our system is broken but i used to assume that anyone who wasn't for that just wanted kids to die so i assumed that anyone who didn't want government health care was pro dead kid which is a fucking insane thing to think as opposed to let's start from we want our families to be able to get taken care of if something happens, right? Mm-hmm. If we start from there, then I can go, oh, you probably don't want the government running healthcare because you just don't trust the government, mm-hmm. right. right? And I want something different because like Obamacare is kind of messed up and what we have is broken, the for-profit system. Right. So once again, now we can talk about it. And mm-hmm. neither of us think that because everyone wants to protect their families. Everyone wants to make sure they're going to be okay, like self-interest. If we just start from there, start with good faith, now we can figure out, you know, what's wrong with the government way, what's wrong with the for-profit way, where can we meet in the middle? Yeah. Uh, April had another question, and I thought this was a good one. I just traveled with a friend who was focused on taking Instagram pictures and posting on her phone the entire time, which got to me. How do you deal with someone who has different behavioral values and I, I i would just uh pin that by saying how do you deal with someone who annoys you or whose behaviors annoy you you, you know what dude with people like that in my life i go out of my way to support them yeah. honestly like that's the only way that i'll ever get them to come over to my side yeah so like if someone wants to take a selfie and it and, and it happens all the time people will come up to us on the street oh you're the, you're the guy from the minimalist documentary can i take a selfie and i want to be like no, can we just have a conversation? Like, why do you need to put put a freaking selfie on your Instagram to show that you met me in person? You know, like that's what goes through my head. But I'm like, I'm slowly putting my phone back in my pocket right now. <laughs> as, uh, <laughs> no, no, but but ultimately, like, it's it is it's. But but again, like that's the um, that is the visceral emotional side mm. that I can look at and be like, that's not appropriate. Right. So so even though, and we were talking about this with TK uh, when we were talking about that positive, you know, whether a positive attitude is like is right or wrong or you know whatever we were discussing on that podcast but like it's not a matter of if you have bad thoughts it's like it's it's what projects out of your mouth and what you project to people so i can look at that thought and be like 
that is an emotional overreaction. So I'm actually going to do the opposite of that. I'm going to support this person because that's going to help them. Uh, it's going to help us have a better relationship. And then if there's an appropriate time for me, for me to be like, hey, let's talk about selfies and let's talk about social media, then I'll bring it up. Yeah. But it's not something that like as soon as I feel that visceral or the viscery like just surface it's like that is when it's the wrong time to bring it up is when you get that angry feeling essentially yeah i agree with everything you said so just to give a a little different take i'll be like Mm -hmm. a little i'll come at it from a little different place i have um so my girlfriend uh one of her friends was becoming very la very like instagramming everything Mm -hmm. like just she felt like she was changing as a person right Mm -hmm. um i would have never told her you know stop instagramming you know tell your friend to stop instagramming shit but the more we talked about the friendship the more we realized it wasn't just about her being on instagram more it was she also was like not asking how my girlfriend was doing like not being like oh you're moving that's a really big deal but instead being like you know well why aren't we going out drinking anymore even though like my girlfriend stopped drinking and it's like much healthier because of it Mm -hmm. so we actually found out there were deeper layers there were deeper problems to that Mm -hmm. um to that friendship not saying that's happening here um so that's that's one thing uh to look at the other thing to look at is you know sometimes it's just compromise it's just like you know, supporting that person and being like, yo, I'll take all the selfies you want. Is it cool that we put our phones away at dinner? Or what I'll do, the way I'll do it is I'll go, I won't put the onus on them. I'll be like, man, I've been like checking my phone too much. Do you want to do like no phones at dinner or just like go take a walk and leave our phones away? I'll like put the blame on myself a little, like, which I don't know if that's, a less ballsy way to handle it. I'll, I'll do that well, a lot. It doesn't matter like, if it's ballsy stupid, or not, man. But... It's, it's, it's finding that common ground, man. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'll do that. And then uh, the other thing, the last thing about that is make sure that there's not a deeper problem within yourself. Mm. So not the other person within yourself where it's like, why are you getting so annoyed? Like, do you right. feel like you're not... You know, do you feel like for the, for the last five years in the friendship, you haven't been connecting and now you see her taking these pictures as like a slight, like, oh, she'd rather be taking pictures than talking to me. Mm-hmm. Do you not have confidence? Were you, did you not communicate to her what you need to get out of this trip that it was supposed to be a bonding thing? And because you didn't tell her and she's on your phone, you assume that she cares about the phone more than you. Uh, yeah. You know, there are a lot of questions that you could that, probably dude. be asking. Like another way to look at that for me is like when Whenever I get that visceral feeling or when I get annoyed, like I ask myself, well, first I know that if I'm annoyed, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm right. Yeah. So like I try to dig with that. Like, why am I annoyed? Am I right to be annoyed or am I just like in a shitty mood right now? Right. And nine times out of 10, like I'm just in a bad mood. Honestly. Oh yeah. I mean, half the people who are honking at you in LA, you could just be like, Hey man, who hurt you? And they'll be like, I'm so sorry. This <laughs> right. wasn't about you. you right. Know? Yeah, exactly. And exactly. I also think like if one person is annoying you, then... Uh, you might have an annoying friend, but if like all of your friends are annoying you, then you might have a problem. Right. Yeah. It's like the people who judge LA. It's like there are 12 million people in LA County. Yeah. Like if you can't find a tribe yeah. in LA County, it might not be LA. They're not all influencers. <laughs> right. Yeah, it exactly. could be you. It could be you. Right. Jamie, I wanted to end with this. Uh, your tweet. You said, I was hoping my fear, anxiety, <laughs> yeah. and depression would fight it out and leave me to deal with only one. But they appear to have joined forces to destroy me. So, yeah. so your fear, your anxiety, and your depression, three different very strong emotions, negative yep. emotions yep. that I think many of us feel uh, from time to time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in fact, there's a, a term in psychology called a crazy eight where someone just goes from 
from sad to so we don't even have to say depression necessarily sometimes it can just be sadness often sure. we, we mistake yeah. sadness for depression or we conflate the two but we go in this crazy eight pattern i'm sad i'm sad i'm sad and then i'm angry i'm angry i'm angry and yeah. the eight just keeps circling now i feel bad about being angry now i'm yeah, yeah. that's where i was now i'm yeah. insecure yeah. Yep. yeah 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 <laughs> um so a couple things so you talk about mental health in your podcast yeah so the first thing i want to say is this I, I i've tried to tweet less like that because i would rather fix the problem than like have people feel bad for me but sometimes i like to tweet stuff like that when i'm legitimately feeling it because it makes other people not feel alone you know the i think the scariest thing about being suicidal about being depressed is when you feel like it's just you and you're just like i'm a piece of shit like you were saying like you're you're depressed about being depressed mm, right mm. but when you see that people you like or you look up to or whatever are going through it you feel a little less crazy so i've dealt with being suicidal robin williams was not just one of my closest friends robin williams would call me to talk about my depression to mm. help me so like that's a mind fuck uh, when wow. that person kills himself, right? You yeah, just go, well, what the fuck is wrong with me? Because yeah. you're narcissistic and you're just thinking about yourself, right? So the issue is really important to me. And what I, what I want to say to your listeners, and I try to say this when I get in front of a new audience, oftentimes when we think about Robin, when we think about people like that, the people who kill themselves, a lot of the people who are depressed are actually like the most wonderful people when i get emails from my podcast and it's the people who are like depressed or thinking about suicide those emails are always from people i would love to hang out with they're funny mm. they're self-deprecating they're articulate they're smart a lot of times depressed people feel more they're more empathetic they're more creative they they they, they see what's happening in the world and it bums them out instead of just you know you're not going to get a suicidal person who like you know pushes his way to the front row of a concert to scream free bird that guy's gonna be fucking alive forever because he doesn't realize he's doing anything wrong and he's like fuck everyone else you know it's always it's always the sweet wonderful people that we're all gonna miss and i just want to say that where if you're depressed a lot of times like you're not broken you just like you feel deeply and we need those people we need people like robin we need those unique creative people if you're depressed because you feel like you don't fit in wear that as a badge of fucking honor that you don't fit in and 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 find a new tribe and be excited or be confident enough to stand out as as an individual so that's kind of my my first like disclaimer with that tweet specifically and what i did to fix that is oftentimes when we're depressed, we think it's because we're just depressed garbage people or mm -hmm. just pieces of shit. But it's usually something scary or bad happened in your life and you need to fix that thing. When I go from being anxious to depressed is I'm anxious that I'm going to ruin this relationship with my girlfriend before I move to Arizona because I'm afraid I don't deserve love, right? Mm -hmm. That's the bad situation. Where I get depressed is, so I'm going to sit around and mope about it I'm not going to go to the gym. I'm going to eat shitty. When I eat shitty, I'm going to crash. So that means I'm going to drink more caffeine, which means I'm going to get anxious, which means I'm not going to get good sleep, which mm. means I'm going to sleep past my alarm, which means I'm going to feel like a lethargic asshole, which means I'm also not going to go to the gym and so on and so on and so on. So now I've created that. It has nothing to do with my girlfriend. It has nothing to do with moving. It has to do with I've stopped taking care of myself. Perpetuating it. Yeah. Yes. Literally what I did the day after that tweet is I went to MMA. I beat the shit out of some people. I, <laughs> I told my girlfriend, I go, you don't have to 
do this with me, but I want to start meditating. We started doing it together. Um, I started eating better. I know we're going to eat shitty on the drive to Arizona. So I go, let's just eat super clean up until then. We've been doing that. Um, and now suddenly that I feel good about myself, it's like that. I think it's like a Tony Robbins thing where they go, you know, there's a reason they say put your uh, mask on first if a plane is crashing before the kids. You have to take care of yourself first. And a lot of also depressed kind people, my girlfriend went through this. She wouldn't always put other people first even when she was getting trounced on because she thought that was the nice thing to do. Mm -hmm. And taking time for herself or not drinking or whatever, that's the selfish thing to do. And it's like, no, 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 no. You take care of yourself so that you can more genuinely take care of other people um and that oftentimes solves or at least for me gets me out of those slumps yeah yeah man i just want to say uh thank you very much to our patreon audience for letting us be open and talk about some controversial stuff here on our on our private episode uh if we offended someone i'm sorry and i'm not sorry Um, yeah (laughs) i mean i i just want to i just want to like you know after this conversation just be very clear with like this is not josh and i planning our flagpole anywhere it's talking about tough subjects and talking about how we can talk about these tough subjects so uh yeah thanks for letting us be open and honest jamie thank you for being here today brother i really appreciate you i love you thanks, i'm looking man. forward to your journey man i know uh, i i i've wanted to do this show since i got to la um i'm really psyched uh to get to go in front of your patreon app but just to your patreon people like as someone who also has a patreon what you guys are doing is so fucking cool and a lot of times People don't don't realize how big a deal like five bucks. Every time a new name pops up on my Patreon, I yeah. like I try to remember their name. I get so excited because it's like you guys are literally like supporting art. Yeah. You're letting people be free. And I would just add to what you Amen. said. If you disagreed, take a breath, think about it, and like form a response. And that's awesome. And yeah any of us would change our minds or would listen. And that's what's so exciting. Yeah. But just like super shout out to like the Patreon. I don't do other podcast Patreon episodes a lot, but like you guys are like letting the show happen, which is fucking cool. So I just want to say that for you guys. Yeah, no, it's it's like, it's two bucks. And it, it, that really does mean all the world to Josh and I. So much. And something you just said, man, that I think we, we absolutely need to touch on about finding common ground is the best way to do that is to talk less and listen more. Yes, yes. Yeah. All right, y'all. Love people. Use things. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much, y'all. Don Minimalists.